Welcome to the Money Hour with host Tina Mitchell and co-host Keelan Harvey. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the following program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited. Now, in the studio, local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome to the Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 18th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, please go to TinaMitchellEvents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. Your local mortgage experts. And I have to say, we are the first time back in studio since COVID. So awesome. Oh my so gosh, it feels so bizarre to be here, but so exciting to be here at the same time. Of course, we're being safe, um, keeping our distance and having our mask on. And we're here to bring in expert advice and inside knowledge on today's events in our local economy and how it can affect your money. If you're hearing our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to answer any questions or connect you with the amazing guests that we have in studio today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And our lineup for the show, we have... Very important people here from John L. Scott, West Seattle office, uh, Tyler McKenzie, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Hill. And instead of doing our boring credentials, I thought I would just have each of you share a little bit about yourselves. So we're going to go ahead and start out with Marguerite. Share with our listeners a little bit about, about you. Yeah, sure. Hi. Thanks, Tina, for having us all over here. Um, this is this is very exciting. Here we are in the radio station. Yeah. So I'm one half of the uh, the business that I own with my um, husband, who you'll hear from momentarily, Tyler McKenzie. My uh, background is we're real estate brokerage owners now, but um, before that, uh, I was a housing developer with um, the Seattle Housing Authority about 13 years or so, and. Um, and uh, put together the financing for about 2,500 units um, for redevelopment and uh, uh, mixed-use residential and commercial properties to the tune of about, I guess, when it's all added up to the tune of about half a billion dollars. So um, so it was a busy, busy over decade yeah. um, at that time. So uh, that background worked out really well to uh, transition into um, having the brokerage uh, for obvious reasons. So that dovetailed, timing was right, and so that's that's my background. That's me. Yeah, amazing background. Marguerite, thank you so much. Tyler, what about you? Hi, my name's Tyler McKenzie. I am the designated broker and co-owner with my lovely wife of John O'Scott, West Seattle, I've been selling real estate now for, I think I'm in my 21st year, if I remember correctly. We've been brokerage owners since 2016. March 1st was our launch date. Um, I remember being at the launch party, quite you, the party. It was quite the party. <laughs> we, we, we we are highly business-oriented and moderately social, but on that particular evening, we, 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 we flipped the switches. Yeah. Uh, I've served as the president of Seattle King County Realtors. I've served on the executive committee at Washington Realtors, and I was one of a dozen and a half or so brokers, agents rather, from across the country to participate in NAR's Leadership Academy in 2016. 
And uh, I was fortunate to earn the honor of Realtor of the Year for Washington State that year as well. But first and foremost, we're just a mom-and-pop shop in West Seattle, and uh, that's what we're focused on today. Yeah, and I like actually giving credentials for Tyler because it is he just listed a few. You want to know somebody that is recognized as a leader in the industry. Uh, definitely Tyler is um, in all the positions and boards and awards that he has uh, received as well as Patty. So, Patty, go ahead and introduce yourself, please. Thanks, Tina. Mm-hmm. I'm Patty Hill. I am the, I guess, associate backup broker for Tyler and Marguerite so that they can enjoy a vacation, which they haven't been able to do for a long time. Um, I have managed an, an John L. Scott office in the past and s- decided I didn't want to be the main manager, but I wanted to back up my buddy. Um, I've known Tyler for a very long time. I followed him as president of Seattle King County Realtors. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get to go to the NAR Leadership Academy. <laughs> um, I am currently the um, the chair, vice president of the membership committee for Washington Realtors, and I'm the vice chair on the national level for the NAR RPAC Trustees Disbursements Committee. So yeah. I get to help disperse the money across the country that we raise for our pack. Yeah, and it's and if you uh, listen to the introductions here, they're they're powerful because when you're in the real estate community and you're actually in a position and you're getting nominated to support um, the real estate community, that's a that's a huge that's a huge honor in doing that. And it's also a huge commitment of your your time towards the industry because it's protecting our consumers as well as protecting uh, the role tours in our local community. Perfect. Right? Thank you. Exactly, Tina. Yes. Thank you. You're welcome. And if I can speak on Patty's behalf for those listeners, NAR has, I think, about 1.6 million members now, 1.5. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so Patty's role um, as incoming chair next year really is essentially being a committee chair in a, in a parliamentary position because it's like running a small country. Yeah, and uh, wow. I think she deserves the kudos and acknowledgement. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you, Tyler. So great guest in studio today. For more information on any topics discussed with our guests, please call the show at one 855 1150 Again, that's one 855 1150 Or you can go online to com. And as we do each week, Keelan, what do you think about starting about a little bit of money chat? Sounds good. Money. Money. You have had some really exciting uh, stuff going on with your education segments for our listeners, Keelan. What do you have for us today? Well, today I'm going to continue on with the Fed, and I'm going to start with money printing and inflation. The Fed funds rate and mortgage rates are two very different things. The Fed's funds rate, as you've already learned, is an overnight lending rate that the Fed can change at any moment, while a mortgage rate could theoretically, it could be in place for 30 years, 30-year mortgage. Fed fund rates and mortgage rates can move in similar directions at times, but they do not always move in the same directions. We've talked about this before. So more importantly, they are not the same rate, people. When the Fed announces that they are cutting or reducing the Fed's fund rate, many consumers expect that the rates are going to fall. And sometimes mortgage rates will fall, but actually they could rise if the Fed has interpreted any inflation. Uh, remember, mortgage rates are in place for a, uh, for a much longer period of time And inflation can have a big impact due to the longer duration. When the Fed cut the Fed funds rate to zero between 2009 and 2016, that meant mortgage rates were also at zero. Obviously, as everybody knows, that is not the case. 
mortgage rates during this period of time were between 3 and 5%. You cannot always look at the Fed's funds rate and as a good indicator of where mortgage rates are will fall. So over time, the Fed's funds rate can influence mortgage rates, but they're not going to move in, in lockstep. Like They're not going to move in the same exact direction. When the Fed is expected to cut or hike their Fed's fund rate at an incoming meeting, it's important that we get ahead of this and educate our customers about it. Me and Tina invest in software and take all these extra steps to ensure that we get ahead of it because we can save our customers money that way. So there's something that we call the wealth effect. And when we're seeing this now, this is when individuals see the value of their homes and investments like stocks increase Uh, They feel wealthier, and I mean, we're kind of looking at this right now. When individuals feel wealthier, they tend to spend more money, which in turn helps to generate economic activity. The Fed is keenly aware of this, and in order to generate a greater feeling of wealth, the Fed may drive interest rates towards extremely low levels, which makes it less desirable to save money in traditional savings accounts. And by leaving individuals with less alternatives, the Fed knows that many people will invest in areas like the stock market. As greater investments participation takes place in the stock market, stock prices rise. The move up in stock prices gives more people the feeling of being wealthier, so they spend more. Former Fed uh, Chair Ben Bernanke was quite transparent about the creating of wealth effect by driving rates lower. And and in this current market that we're in, we're seeing this now. The market term used for this, um, you're going to love this, is TINA, which stands for there's no alternative. And I feel the same way about our TINA here. So, um Treasuries. So sweet. (laughs) So treasuries. Why treasuries? Our government will need to borrow money when it runs deficits, which is almost always does. The government borrows money by selling treasuries. Treasuries are guaranteed by the full faith of the credit of the U.S. government and are deemed to be risk-free at maturity. This means that the government will pay back the purchase of treasuries, the face amount at maturity, with interest along the way. The value of a treasury can change between when it's issued and maturity based upon the market conditions, but the face... value will always be paid at maturity by the government to the holder of that treasury security. And then last piece, moving on to printing money versus debt instruments. And I'm going to continue this next week uh, on some other factors. But on occasion throughout history, some governments have elected to simply print more money instead of going into debt by issuing treasuries. Imagine having a credit card that would allow you to buy anything you want with no monthly payments or having to pay amount Uh, You borrowed back. It sounds great, but there is an ugly side to this for sure. Printing of money devalues currency and creates inflation. It can wipe out the value of savings in a short period of time. When a country begins printing money, it's often to finance a war or other extreme crises. The additional money in the system creates inflation because the value of each monetary unit is diluted and worth less. As a result, the price of hard goods rises. This means it takes much more money to purchase the same amount of goods than it did in the past. When inflation occurs at a rate of 50% a year or more, it's called hyperinflation. This has occurred in several na- uh, nations around the world with serious, serious dire consequences. An example of hyperinflation is in Germany, 1920. They needed to print money to finance World War One in preparation. And in 1918, a loaf of bread sold for 63 marks. By January of 1923, the same loaf of bread sold for 250 marks. In July of 23, it cost 3,465 marks. In November of 1923, a loaf of bread cost 201 billion marks. Money being devaluated and wiping out everybody's savings, and everybody was made poor instantly. So inflation sucks. <laughs> Great way to end money chat there, uh, Keelan. Inflation sucks. Yes, it does. And let's hope that we can get uh, control over it. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Tina Mitchell here with your money chat. Initial job claims with measures individuals filing for unemployment benefits for the first time were 20,000 higher to 332,000. 
While this did move in the wrong direction, they are now getting closer to pre-pandemic levels of 180,000 to 200,000. Continue claims, which measures individuals who continue to receive benefits, were down at 187,000 to 2.67 million, which is a post-COVID low. Extended benefits decreased 212,000, while the pandemic unemployment assistance and emergency benefits were higher by a combined 397,000. 12 million individuals are still receiving benefits throughout all of their programs, which is up 179,000 from the previous report. Now, the MBA released their mortgage application data last week, showing that applications to purchase a home jumped 7.5% to the highest level since April. Year-over-year purchases are down 12%, but when in factoring in the rise in cash buyers, they are closer to about 5%. Purchases are slowing quite a bit in the strength of inventory levels, down 12% from last year. Refinances are down 3% last week and are now down 3% on a year-over-year basis. The refinance share of applications fell from 67% to 65% of total volume. Interest rates were nearly the same as this time last year. The media is hot and they are cold. It's almost comical to compare the headlines from another media source last week that said mortgage demand falls to the lowest level in two months as rates stagnant. This week's headline is mortgage demand for home buyers jumps to the highest level since April after new listings rise all summer. As we've been saying, purchase demand remains very strong and there would be more sales and applications if we had more inventory. Now, the Consumer Price Index, CPI, which measures inflation and the consumer level, rose by 0.3% in August and uh, in line with expectations. The year-over-year reading moderately slightly from 5.4% to 5.3%. The core reading, which strips out food and energy prices, rose by 0.1%, which was slower than expectations. On a year-over-year basis, the core reading decreased by 4.3% to 4%. Now, the rent size rent rose 0.3% in August and 2.1% on a year-over-year basis, but this extremely is different from the other rent reports being reported showing 2% increases in August and up double digits year-over-year. The CPI, which we may see some catch-up in the future months from CPI, but that is a drag down from their methodology. Now, inflation just pausing, don't be fooled. With the slight moderation in inflation that we've seen in the turning point, or is it slight in the turning point, is inflation transitory after all, and we'll start to see declining numbers from here? Well, while it may be still transitory, with don't believe that this is a turning point. One thing to note is that the monthly reading and that is replaced from the year last year is a year-over-year calculation was 0.4% on both the headline and the core, but the next several readings are much lower. That means that if we continue to see monthly increases going forward, we could see a year-over-year figure start accelerate, accelerate again. Now, the NFIB Small Business Optimism Index showed that companies that expect higher selling prices rose three points to 49%, which is a 41-year high. This points to the continued inflation with small businesses. Delinquencies continue to improve. CoreLogic released their loan performance insights showing that loans 30 days or more past due decreased from 4.7% to 4.4% in June. 90 days plus saw an improvement from 3.2% to 3%. Foreclosures decreased from 0.3% to 0.2%, which is the lowest in over two decades. 
Forbearance not as bad as other media platforms are stating. On the forbearance front, 3.1% in outstanding mortgages or 1.6 million borrowers in foreclosure. Roughly 25% of these individuals are current on their mortgage payments, which will reduce the impact. Additionally, Black Knight reports that 98% of the individuals in forbearance have at least 10% equity in their homes. Many have much more than that. Such strong equity positions to limit distress, inflows, and show p- provide a strong incentive for homeowners to return to mortgage payments and, or sell their homes, which would absorb this quickly. Their payments can also be reduced through, mo- through modifications. Now, Adam Data Solutions, which is known as the leader in, in the nationwide property data, is doing their best to spend negative, negatively to the support their bearish housing outlook. They reported that foreclosure starts are up 60% on a year-over-year basis, but that is off. If you were to compare to 2019 pre-pandemic and more normalized period, foreclosure start actually down 66%. And that is your Money Chat. Coming up next on the Money Hour, Tyler McKenzie, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Harola, John L. Scott, right here on 1150 AM KKNW after this short break. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Wondering what's on next on Alternative Talk 1150? Check out 1150kknw.com. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the September 18th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, please go to TinaMitchellEvents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts. It is a great day to talk about money, and that's what the show is all about, how to make money, save money, so you can have a better quality of life for you and your family. If you're listening to our show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We're here to answer any questions or, more importantly, connect you with the amazing guests that we have on the show today. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyr.com. In studio now, we're going to have a conversation with Tyler McKenzie, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Hill of John L. Scott West Seattle office. Well, we're going to start with you, Marguerite. Um, my other half, Angela, I acquired her into my business recently, and so there's an adjustment there. So I was curious, as a boutique family-owned operator bro- uh, brokerage, how does everybody get along? <laughs> By everybody, I presume you mean me and Tyler. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Or we'll start I, with you and Tyler. I, I left that open for you. <laughs> just, Do you guys just, have anything to drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just in case you didn't want to go yeah. that way. Well, First of all, uh, we are boutique uh, business, um, so we don't, ha- you know, we don't have sprawling holdings, so it keeps it pretty simple. Um, we have a seven-minute morning commute to our lovely office, which does look like a bit- boutique office. It's in a 1920s building, two-story. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's a very pretty building in a very pretty place in West Seattle, very pretty setting. Um, 
and we have very pretty bro- brokers, and everything is just pretty there. Um, but uh, we call it our seven-minute seven rant because um, in the morning we commute together from our home to the office. It's a seven-minute drive, and so it's basically like if we want to get anything off our chest that's mm-hmm. sort of doesn't belong in the professional environment, that's where you got it seven happens. minutes to take care <laughs> of yeah, it, right? So it doesn't really happen at home because we want us to have a separation between home and business, and so it doesn't, and it definitely does not happen in the office. So that that's the place. Um, that's our up and coming, you know, radio show idea. So don't steal it from us. But <laughs> I, I love that. Well, and I do a lot of work with you guys and just watching you have very defined roles and, yeah. and, you know, in your role, Marguerite, it's all, you know, what yeah. you're doing in delegate and, yeah. and managing that process. And Tyler uh, has his, and I think that's a key to having a successful, yeah. uh, partnership when you're husband and wife, right? Yeah. And his, his role doesn't, they don't overlap very much and it, as it turns out, each of our roles plays to our strengths. So what he's really good at, he gets to do. Yeah. And what I'm really good at, it, I get to do. And uh, we just don't really step on each other's toes very much. Um, you know, we have respect for for each other's uh, roles in that in that way. So, and then hopefully the idea is that the brokers all benefit from our strengths and not yeah. our weaknesses, but the the great things that we can bring. Uh, the efficiencies and and things that we can bring to the office, then they get the best parts of both of us. That's yeah, and what a what a great uh, balance that is for the agents to have both of you know both sides of that, and uh, especially with a husband and wife team. Um, that's so great, Tyler. Would you agree with with Marguerite <laughs> and how she explained it? What's your uh, What's your view? Well, the one thing I'd say is that she's really good at letting me know when I'm crossing over the line. I was going to uh, say she's <laughs> definitely the the boss in the family, right? <laughs> Uh, and and for listeners, I want to make sure that there's we're not leaving you with this impression that that seven minute drive to work is the two of us yelling at each other. And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's it's That's, actually anything under the sun, and yeah. sometimes has nothing to do with the office. Yeah, we're know, not we're so. not getting that off our chest, no. okay? Otherwise, <laughs> this this wouldn't work. Um, you know, when we bought the company, I was I was the principal in that Marguerite was still in her former career, so. Um, you know, initially our vision was that I would I would be driving you know driving the boat myself, uh-huh. and it became apparent to me first first um, and foremost that ours would be a much much better operation with the two of us yeah. um, holding hands and doing it together, and uh, I was fortunate to to help my lovely wife see the light and uh, embrace the vision, and I was right. You know, yeah. the two of us working together, it's not every husband and wife can be successful yeah. sharing um, the day-to-day operation of a business. I mean, literally, especially during COVID, we have not been separated from one <laughs> another for a very long time. Very long time. <laughs> I see you saying that with a big smile on your face, Tyler. <laughs> um, and we actually did just take a wonderful vacation. So it's... Um, thank you, Patty. Yeah, I was yeah, just going to say Patty. thank you, Patty. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, I, I, I think the better person to ask how this works is not us. It's Patty. Yeah. Because she's the one who made a choice yes. to, to come to us. And um, that's hopefully the choice that all of our brokers make and share and, and, and hold. Um, and our job, you know, it's, it's very simple. If, if we help our brokers win, then we win. Yes. It's no more complicated than that. And that's our credo. Um, we'll probably talk about our philosophy a little more. Yeah. But um, we share that 
in our seven-minute commute, and we share it when we walk through the door, and uh, we share it when we pick up the phone and help our brokers. I, I love that. So, so Patty, uh, getting outside of Tyler and McKinsey, the husband and wife, and being on the other side and part of the leadership team, what do you see as the benefit of having uh, owners that are husband and wife, family-owned business? Um, well, first of all, the owner is in the office, which yes. is a big deal. Yeah. Um, you because you get you can have a decision made without having to go up the chain. You can just walk into Tyler's office, ask a question, run it by Marguerite, uh-huh. <laughs> go back to Tyler. She's the final. Go back to Tyler. Well, Marguerite said. <laughs> but at least it's but, just all right there instead of you know going up. Right, up or down exactly. an elevator or whatever. Right, or across the yeah, state. We, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, and that's that's fantastic. I, yes. I've said many times I think of Tyler as the brother I never had. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, the guy at the front desk, our front desk, Lloyd, was yeah. awesome. He's amazing. He said, he said to us something, okay, now kids, because we were arguing. Uh-huh. Um, so it, it's just, it's so... It's such a lovely environment. It feels good. Mm. Everybody's happy. Everybody, we all help each other. Yeah. There's there doesn't seem to be a lot of competition, but more we want everybody to be successful. Yeah. And and even the agents will help each other. Yes. So um, it's just it's a really really nice place to be. Well, and that's a great point too. When you have a family owned business and you have that dynamic that you can only get from a family owned business, it actually your your agents just automatically get motivated and inspired by that, and they start to become part of the family, and mm-hmm. that just really brings magical things. My husband worked for me for the last eight years of his career, and he decided to retire when he was fifty five. So, but it was a very dynamic um, mm-hmm. uh, time in my team to be you know uh, working with my spouse. So, Tyler, what are great things about owning a mom-and-pop brokerage? Uh, well, you know, I think we've laughed, laughed through and talked a, a, a lot about many of those things already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just it's wonderful being at the helm of our, our little boat and being able to make decisions within the umbrella of a terrific brand Yeah. Um, that are still our own decisions. And... You know, at the end of the day, the buck stops with the two of us, uh, the three of us oftentimes, and there's a lot of freedom in that. Yes. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody likes the decisions that we make day in, day out, but, you know, we, we get to, to own that. And uh, I think, generally speaking, we've been pretty pretty successful in doing it. So it's it's just really fulfilling. I mean, it's a, it's a small enough company that we get to be – be there for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, Patty and I mentor our brokers, and it's very personal and direct and one-on-one, and we know that they're not going to make boneheaded decisions because they're yes. getting the kind of training that that they should be getting from their, their leadership team. And I would also say that as a small company, the thing that I think separates us from a lot of our competitors uh, is the experience that the three of us bring to bear. I mean, Marguerite's being modest. She's closed a half billion dollars worth of real estate transactions. And, you know, Patty is is leading at the national level, and I've had the good fortune to, you know, I do professional standards chairing, et cetera, and we just combine all of this to help ensure that our brokers are getting the best training and guidance, which makes them better, means their clients are getting better service, mm. and it means that our community is being better served as well. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a big ship with the leadership team, and you've got some heavy, produ- uh, pretty big producers over at the office. So, 
You know, anything that's driven me, and I, what, I love what you're talking about, Tyler. Anything that's driven me to work for a great company is the camaraderie and relationships mm-hmm. amongst individuals. Like, doesn't matter about anything else. It's that feeling when you get to work and how you feel when the same people you see every day. That ultimately it comes down to and drives you. And you guys are dancing all over that, which is fantastic. We've talked about a bunch of good things, so let's <laughs> let's flip the script here. So, what about challenges? And we'll start with you, Marguerite. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> um, well, I, the, we're you know, there's always going to be the normal uh, business challenges that come along uh, with having a real estate brokerage. Um, challenges, you know, that every office is going to have. Um, uh, making sure that you're consistent, um, that you do what you do, and the quality stays good no matter what else is happening around you. Um, there's, uh, you know, there's all the competition can be fierce um, to uh, to to try and um, help brokers understand, well, help them to decide where which office they want to be affiliated with, but mm-hmm. also for us, our challenge is to help them see how we're different and how they would be happy with us yeah. when they they don't know us you know and so because everybody says this and that you know so it's 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 just um it's just kind of a constant challenge to try and stay stay your authentic self uh present why you think what you're offering uh brokers is is better than the next guy and um, just keep our activities, our office events, our activities, our education, our training, everything that we do, our bonding events, keep them uh, at a high quality and consistent. Um, so, so that's kind of on the on the business side, and then in the interpersonal side, um, you know, we're we're managing right now. We have around thirty five brokers. Um, mm-hmm. We're growing all the time, and so we're managing that many personalities yeah. on a daily basis. And of course, everyone's different. Everyone has different concerns. Everyone has different fears. Everyone has different successes. Uh, you know, they all need something different from us at any given moment. And so we try to stay sensitive to that all the time because yeah. it's easy to, to to just get into the nuts and bolts of every day. And then you just kind of forget to to, to quiet your brain down and, and think about uh, what is happening outside of yourself. And yeah. What does that person need from me right now in this moment? Um, so that's those are the two biggest challenges, yeah. I would say. And a, a lot more challenging, obviously, going through uh, what yeah. we've gone through with COVID for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 All right. Coming up next on The Money Hour, we're going to have our continued conversation with Tyler McKenzie, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Hill of John L. Scott, West Seattle office, right here on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm Dr. Anthony Lizowitz, and this is Climate Connections. In southern Madagascar, more than a million people urgently need food, and thousands face dire famine conditions. The region is normally hot and dry, but multiple years of severe drought have devastated harvests of maize, rice, and other staple crops on the African island. Massive dust storms and locusts have ravaged what few crops remain. There's very little sign of water and there's very little sign of vegetation as well. Shelley Thackrell is with the World Food Program, which provides emergency food aid. 
In the hardest-hit communities, she's met people who have been forced to eat wild cactus leaves and tubers to survive. Rates of severe malnutrition have spiked, especially among children. People living day in, day out, morning to night, every day, with empty stomachs. As the climate warms, southern Madagascar is expected to grow even hotter, with more frequent droughts. None of these people in the south have contributed to the climate crisis. They don't drive cars, they don't fly planes. Yet she says the people of southern Madagascar are already suffering the impacts of climate change. Climate Connections is produced by the Yale Center for Environmental Communication. To hear more stories like this, visit climateconnections.org. The Money Hour, with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m., right here on KKNW AM 1150. Join the show to experience expert advice and knowledge on today's events in our local economy that can affect your money. That's every Saturday from 3 to 4 p.m., with a repeat show on Sundays at 8 a.m. For more information about The Money Hour radio show and their guests, visit themoneyhour.com. That's themoneyhour.com. Get inspired every hour right here on Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 18th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts. We're here to help you build a strong financial blueprint one week and one show at a time. If you're hearing a show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at 1-855-411-50. Again, that's 1-855-411-50 or online at themoneyhour.com. And in studio now, our continued conversation with Tyler McKenzie, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Hill of John L. Scott, West Seattle office. So, Tyler, I love your location. I lived right down the street for five years. The Junction is one of my favorite places, period. And uh, you Traitor, guys, you moved out. I know, except I moved to Monroe now. So, um, <laughs> But for that's a whole different story. I got three <laughs> acres, and good luck getting that it's in West beautiful. Seattle. Um, but the point is, I love your location, where you're at. You have a beautiful office. Um, what do you love about your location specifically? Well, that's a great question. And I would say that, um, so I was raised in, in Southern California. Don't everybody yell. Yes, I'm, I'm a Californian, (laughs) uh, in Los Angeles specifically, and really in West Hollywood. And my dad was a gallery owner, um, had a very successful gallery on a street called La Cienega. And, West Seattle has a vibe that is that is very familiar to me. It's very West Hollywood like, um, so that was one of the things that attracted me to the neighborhood, you know, twenty years ago. And the office, when we had the good fortune to be able to to take it over, sort of presented an opportunity for us to create a vibe that was very gallery like. Right. Mm. We we wanted to be in a space that was creative that was conducive to people feeling, you know, good about their environment while also being very professional. So um, we've, we've had the good fortune to be able to build it out. Um, I, you know, we think it's probably the prettiest, aesthetically speaking, office, you know, 
real estate office in the city. My favorite part is the telephone booth. Yeah, <laughs> with, our, with our Superman cape that we exactly. have in it. Um, so that's really cool because you want to be able to, you, you want to love where you work, right? And if we've got a place that we have to go to, we want it to be a place that makes us feel good, especially if as a husband and wife team, we're there every day with each other. Um, it's important to to love where you are, and and then being able to walk out the front door and be in West Seattle. West Seattle's you know it's just such a charming community. It still gives us, despite the fact that we're sort of trapped on the island of West Seattle right now with the bridge, um, it gives us access to serve the entire metro region, which is which is what we do. And um, so it sort of combines all of those things. It's a small town feel in a big city, and uh, we're just really fortunate to have that. And um, yeah. Well, Marguerite talked about the importance of, um, you know, having the, uh, the community with your agents in a place that they feel that they belong. And what a great place to do it where your office is at. And Marguerite, I know we've had a lot of conversations uh, around all of the different community events that you do. A little bit different with COVID, uh, mm-hmm. but share a little bit about that and how much you guys are involved in the community right there in West Seattle. Well, um, yeah, we because of our overall location, um, we're part of the West Seattle Junction Association there, which is a bunch of, it's about 250 businesses or so in that area. So it's the heart of West Seattle, mm-hmm. really, um, in terms of, of business, uh, businesses, local businesses. So they do a lot of uh, different activities every year, and our office participates in them. And uh, our brokers then have an opportunity to participate directly with their community that they live close to and know. And usually so-and-so knows so-and-so who knows so-and-so. And And, uh, so through those events, that's one way of um, just connecting the web of relationships because uh, real estate's a relationship business. And um, our office is a relationship office just by its central location. So we foster that as much as we possibly can, um, give the brokers marketing opportunities, relationship building opportunities. Um, and, and that's unique because everything's so spread out now, uh, that, you know, walkable communities like that urban villages, um, are kind of, they're hard to find that really have that sense, uh, that are still kind of tight knit like that. Yeah. And, um, so we, we feel like that's a special thing that our office, um, has needed to take advantage of fully, and we have. Uh, yes, the last year and a half has been, uh, you know, different. Um, not a lot of people out in general, so uh, everybody's missed out on all yeah. of that. But I also understand that now there's a surge in everyone wanting to reconnect, and so uh, we'll be back at it. We're starting back up um, really full bore in November with all of the um, yearly events that um, that we'll be hosting. And, and it'll person. be, you know, and you already said it, it's kind of makeup time. I mean, you've lost all that uh, yeah. during COVID. However, it's going to be so much more special now than if you were, if you didn't miss a beat because there were yeah. so many beats that were missed and people really need this community time and this neighborhood time. Yeah. So they appreciate, uh, excited. they appreciate, you can feel that energy. Everyone appreciates it so much more now. Yeah. They just, they can't wait to just do it. 
Yeah. It's going to be fun. Like yeah. us, we're having fun here being yeah. live in <laughs> yeah. person in studio, right? Yeah. Really appreciative. <laughs> yeah. The thing about West Seattle, I think that's really unique is it's like everybody's so proud of West Seattle. Mm-hmm. And nobody, yeah. I'm like the rarity. Nobody leaves ever. Once you go, you never leave. And everybody knows kids go to the same school and all that. So I gave Keelan a hard, Keelan a hard yeah. time, but they just had another baby. And, you know, just <laughs> having all this land and a beautiful home. In I, f- I fell in love with the country and my house. And yeah. so I'm a happy camper. But you never know. It'll probably and that suck wild dark, like he needed lots of room i needed a lot of room that's all there is to it um so marguerite let's talk about your philosophy what is what is your philosophy exactly well uh goes back to what i just said a little bit earlier which is relationships um and so our philosophy is the relationship that we have with the brokers and the relationship that we have with our community as business owners um and uh maintaining those and and keeping everything up to a high standard uh, learning, applying our skills to the benefit of everyone else, um, and uh, you know we we're just we always want to be a top-producing office. Um, so far, so good. Uh, you know we're we're definitely uh, top three um, competitors in our in our um, in our area in our region. So um, we want to stay up there, which means that we're constantly learning, which, which means that our brokers need to be constantly learning. So yeah, we try to push ourselves, we push them, um, stay, stay alive, you know, <laughs> don't, don't get into those ruts and just stay, stay learning and growing and trying different things, um, uh, as one would with any other profession that you wanted to grow with. So, yeah. um, so, but our philosophy, our main philosophy, well, my main philosophy is just relationships. That's that's the that's the core right there. And so, number one importance when, especially in the real estate, yes. is building those relationships. It's still a relationship business. It after is still all a relationship business, and it, and it will always be a relationship yep. business, right? So yep. it's got to start with uh, the office, the leadership. And then the team uh, in whole. Mm-hmm. And you've already proven that what you're doing is working because I've already mentioned before, but you've got some uh, pretty heavy producers in your office. So congratulations on that. Yeah. Uh, before we take it to commercial, uh, we've got about another 30 seconds. Tyler, anything you want to add on? You know, uh, I think Marguerite, Marguerite nailed it. I would add that uh, being available is hugely important yeah. as somebody who has sold real estate. In fact, I had a quick call today with somebody from a competing firm who's interested in potentially joining ours and, and her cornerstone issue was uh, not being supported. So for us, um, supporting our brokers, being available to them, nurturing them, and the opportunity cost is that sometimes we don't get away. And I can't tell you how grateful we are for Patty Mm -hmm. because as owners, you know, when we make this commitment, we have to, we have to, to back it up. Yes. Yeah. And as you know, Patty said, not only uh, being available, but being available in the office and not having to go out of the state and then bringing in yeah. somebody like Patty to back you up that has right. so much knowledge and expertise. All right, coming up next on the Money Hour, continued conversation for the rest of the show with Tyler McKinsey, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Hill of John L. Scott West Seattle office right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Have something important to say? Want to help improve our world? Need to promote your business uniquely and effectively? KKNW is the answer. 
Our staff helps broadcasters and podcasters create professional sounding audio. Bring your talent and let our experts help you craft a radio show or podcast that best delivers your message. Learn more at 1150kknw.com. That's 1150kknw.com. KKNW, talk variety that's live and local. Going our own way every day. Alternative Talk 1150. You're listening to The Money Hour with your host, Tina Mitchell, and co-host, Keelan Harvey, on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Now, back to the show with local mortgage experts, Tina Mitchell and Keelan Harvey. Welcome back to The Money Hour on 1150 AM KKNW, the Saturday, September 18th show. You can also listen to our podcast, Facebook premiere show, or our show on our YouTube channel. In addition, for more information on upcoming events, you can go to tinamitchellevents.com. And I am your host, Tina Mitchell. And I'm your co-host, Keelan Harvey. We are your local mortgage experts. We bring into studio each week the best of the best experts in our local market on everything regarding your money. We are here to help you in today's economy. If you're hearing a show at a different time or day, you are listening to a rebroadcast. We are here to connect you with the guests that we have on the show. Please call the show at one 855 411 Again, that's one 855 411 or online at com. And our continued conversation with Tyler McKinsey, Marguerite Carlson, and Patty Hill of John L. Scott West Seattle office. Well, I think it's time we circle to you, Patty. What do you think? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she might be one of the smartest of the bunch. I, no, I, no. They're all sharp as a tack. Yes, uh, they are. So I, I was curious from your perspective, why did why were you drawn to this office specifically? Well, First of all, Tyler and I have been I kind of best friends for quite a long time. Um, he, When he bought the office, we talked about how that was going to look. Um, at the same time, I got offered an office to manage, which I'd wanted to do. So I did it. Been there, done that, checked the box. Tyler, how about if we come and work in your office now? I work with my son, Brian Hill. So more family. Right, exactly. Uh And um, Brian and I are a team. Brian worked for me 15, 17 years ago um, as kind of my assistant. And then he decided he wanted to own a bar. So he bought a bar in in Belltown and owned that. It was called the Spitfire. Owned that for quite a few years and um, then realized that, well, I think actually his wife realized <laughs> that, that he wasn't home much yeah. owning a bar. And she said, we like we would like to see you, too. So um, we talked and he got his license and and he can actually from his home walk to the West Seattle office. He's a West wow. Seattle boy. So, um, yeah, so he's so I mean, it just it was kind of serendipity. It all just kind of came together at the right time. And we came in and talked to Tyler and Marguerite and. They said yes, please, and we said yes, please, and um, so there we are. You're a, your son's a smart guy. I had a dream of owning a bar when I was young, yeah. and uh, have bar owner friends, and they're like, "Do you want to bartend and serve?" And like, you realize it's not this. I just sit there and pull strings. No, you're your front lines, and that place closes at two a.m. So, right. uh, yeah. your son is a smart man. Well, and he, he I owned a restaurant when mm-hmm. they when the kids were little, and I said to him, "Are you sure? Do you remember?" <laughs> That I was never home and, and how, <laughs> and, and he, no, he still wanted to do it, you know. 
sometimes well, he, they sometimes they get to just try things on their own, right? Right. Yeah. And he did a great job. Yes. He was he was very successful, and um, they were kind of calling him the mayor of Belltown. So wow, he knows a lot of people, which really helps in real estate. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, twenty six years in the mortgage industry, but my uh, my first career was food and beverage. Okay, yes, I started ma'am. working at Denny's at a very mm-hmm. young age and went into uh, food and beverage management. But yeah, um, definitely fun times. Yep. So Patty, um, tell us about the significant role that you play in National Association of Realtors, specifically as incoming chair of disbursements. Well, we kind of talked about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've um, kind of, so volunteering, it's all volunteer work. We yes. don't get paid for any of it. Yes. Um, I was asked um, about probably 12 years ago by a fellow realtor to come to a meeting at the Seattle King County Realtor's Office um, that was um, the Governmental Affairs Committee and Public Policy. I was hooked. The first meeting I was hooked. And so I continued on uh, to those meetings and then decided to um, run for chair of that committee, which I did, and then that moved into becoming president of Seattle King County Realtors. Um, Then... I mean, once you're involved, you get involved. So I yes. got involved in Washington State, and then I got involved on the national level. Um, I I always said I wanted to be a National Association of Realtors director board of on the board of directors, which I am now for the first time. Last year mm-hmm. was my first time in all these years. It's so funny, but um, so I and then I I've worked. I've been on many of the RPAC committees at NAR yeah working my way up and I've it's kind of one of those things you have to let people know where you want to go and so I've been talking a lot about wanting to be on disbursements and then chair disbursements and finally got it yeah yeah it's great well out of the um hundreds of thousands I don't know how many agents we said that that have an opportunity to take that for to be chosen to take that role is just Mm -hmm. a huge honor and what a huge benefit to the office and all of the agents Mm -hmm. uh, everything that you're involved in Mm -hmm. in uh, the association everything that Tyler's involved in and Mm -hmm. has been in the past in the association just bringing that knowledge Mm -hmm. and information to the agents is such a huge benefit right yeah we are the largest trade association in the world yeah um and and have a lot of uh, uh, clout in Washington D.C., which is interesting. We had we last year for our pack, we raised about thirty-two million dollars. Um, wow! In, within our pack, and so I get to disperse that, yeah. which is really kind of How fun. How much fun? Yeah, that's so, awesome. Yeah. that's a large chunk of change. It is. So you guys punch above your weight um, as an office and as contributors to the association. Tyler, can you expand on that? Uh, thank you for that question. I, yeah, I think knowledge is power. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know that Patty and I both in our careers in real estate, Marguerite comes to it you know, differently, uh, we have set about pursuing points of differentiation because that serves our business and it helps us you know, secure more business because it's easy to say this is, this is what we know, Mr. and Mrs. Client. Um, and here's why we think you would be well served in, in hiring us because at the end of the day, that's that's what our business is about. Um, but when you have three people, in addition to the other incredible contributors to our company who share the depth and, and breadth of experience that Marguerite, Patty, and I do for a firm that is our size, I would argue that there's nobody who knows more 
There might yeah. be office leaders and owners out there who know as much or who have different strengths, but for a little firm of our size, I think we really do punch it up above our weights. Um, but none of that would happen if we didn't have a real family-centric approach yes. to running our business. Our daughter has her license. Um, she's West Seattle, born and raised, and and you know perhaps she'll be the next generation. And you know, as Patty mentioned, she's working with her son Brian, and all of that is just sort of institutional knowledge that is brought to bear that we can then pass on from generation to generation and and hopefully continue to be of great service to our community. Yeah, well said. Yes, Patty. Um, so uh, one of the things that I love about being part of this leadership team is that we trust each other. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And and trust is huge. Yes. Um and and the agents will call call Tyler and if he can't answer his phone, I seem to. Uh-huh. So so our agents always have someone that they can talk to when they have a question. Um, it's just, it's, it's wonderful. Usually their emergencies aren't our emergencies. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's okay. True. That's yeah. Our, yeah. We have broad shoulders. That's our job. Yeah. yeah. Well, if you're listening to the show as a buyer or seller, your real estate agent and the success that they're going to have for you out in the market, buying a home or selling your home, it depends on the support that they have for their leadership team. So as we're wrapping up here, we've got a couple minutes. I would love to ask you uh, each really briefly on to the agents that are listening to the show that are dealing with challenges right now. What would what could you shout out as a call to action or something that really you can, in addition to what we've already talked about here, that can offer them as a place to put their license and call their, their <laughs> home? Um, well, well, thank you. You know, obviously we want members of our profession to be successful uh, regardless of where they're hanging their licenses yes. because it serves, um, it serves the community. And I, uh, if there is something that makes me passionate about real estate, it is that, that what we do in helping buyers and sellers um, with their, their purchases and sales really protects the fabric of society. Yes. And um, we just happen to subscribe to the belief that we can contribute directly to that by by um, running our firm the way that we do. Um, you know, there are brokers out there who may not be getting the support that they need or want, and uh, they should ask hard questions, and they should have high expectations for their leadership teams. And if they can't be met, they're welcome to give me a call. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tyler. Well said. And what a great way to end our time here. And I, I appreciate all of three of you being available at one time so that we have uh, we have the entire show here with you and being the first ones to be interviewed back and in Yay. person yeah. at Hubbard Radio. <laughs> and uh, we don't have our we've been doing a camera. So we've been on video with our virtual show and we couldn't kind of figure things out. So we've got to get back into whatever groove that we're going here. But I want to give a shout out for Benny that's behind the scenes uh, which we do each week when we're on video he is our engineer at Hubbard Radio a shout out to Victoria our director of marketing uh, without our team behind us and supporting us on the leadership side we couldn't do anything that 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 we we do for sure so uh, great show with each of you thank you thank uh, for you, being here thank you Tina thank and you, Tina, Tina listeners Tina this team they are rock stars and mm -hmm. uh, there's a reason that we we um, agreed to come on this show 
Thank you so much, Tyler. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And on that beautiful note, uh, it's time to sign off. And this is Tina Mitchell, your host. And Keelan Harvey, your co-host. We are your local mortgage experts. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. We look forward to talking with you next weekend. More about money right here on 1150 AM KKNW. Tina Mitchell, MLO 145420, and Keelan Harvey, MLO 1330075, are licensed loan originators with Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, NMLS 134871. The views expressed by the speakers on the preceding program are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views of Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited, nor are they necessarily endorsed by Highlands Residential Mortgage Limited.